0: You're listening to the Own the Build podcast, where each week, Liam Curley and Paul Hemming from c discuss how small and medium-sized developers can level up their business through smart construction management. It's not just you today as the, uh, the voice of reason, Paolo, QS Reason. Uh, we've got Jason Fennell, who is uh, a friend of C-Link, I think. Uh, we think <laughs> you're a friend anyway. Um, and uh, Jason has, has, has shared a lot of great insight with us uh, previously on our blog and in our ebooks. books um, Jason is an adjudicator and CDR accredited media from Commercial Risk Management. Uh, welcome to the... This the podcast, Jason. Great to have you out. Good afternoon.
1: How you
2: doing, Jason?
1: All good. All good. Excellent.
0: Jason, last time I had a call with uh, an adjudicator, uh, ended up, I thought I was going to have to remortgage a house to cover the costs of that call. Please tell me this is pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you,
2: can
0: have to on me. you too, kind, Jason. Um, so, Jason, we're going to take this, uh, a similar format that we've done with the eBooks, where I'm going to put forward a scenario to you. Sure. And we're going to allow the scenario, it's going to involve a contractor and developer. Um, you're going to represent the contractor and Paul is going to represent the developer. And this, the, the, this episode, if you like, is all around late payments and site delays. So please forgive me, I'm going to read this from a script because I don't, I don't want to get this wrong. Um, so here's the scenario. We're a fit-out contractor working on a scheme that had a 12-month program. The payment terms are 30 days from the date of application throughout the project the client the developer Paul's representing has continually play, paid much later and sometimes up to 30 days late right so for the contractor this is impacted cash flow and its ability to pay suppliers subcontractors and obtain credit and therefore it's impacting on progress sorry it's impacting progress on site and causing the contractor to delay the works in some cases.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, now this is where our contractor has completed the project and the overall scheme was approximately six weeks late. The contractor believes the delay was caused predominantly by its resourcing issues due to a lack of timely payment. So that's our scenario. And first question to Jason is, Does the contractor have grounds for a claim due to the fact that they were regularly paid late?
2: It wasn't that that late that I was paying. I was only paying somewhere between 7 and 14 days late on average. I've looked at it. It wasn't actually that late.
1: Yeah. This this is a a frequent um, occurrence in the adjudications I see. And developers they're, they're normally um sales led and and they're looking for revenue themselves or, or they're funding from a third party so mm-hmm. you can envisage that they're going to have difficulties paying right from day one um unfortunately the answer to your question is most contracts, most standard form contracts that are two remedies for late payment one is interest and the other is suspension of performance. And unfortunately, to preserve relationships, contractors are reluctant to give notice they're going to suspend performance. And infrequently, do they um, issue notices about interest either. But is it- in terms of time, th- th- there's, there is no excuse to say you paid me late, so I'm performing late, unless you've given the notices of suspension. Mm.
2: Is, 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 that what, um, is that what kind of breeds the culture of uh, paying on time is not necessarily something that um, you get uh, punished for as, as the client?
1: It's like if you, if you looked at the life cycle of a project, at the beginning, the honeymoon period, Nobody wants to upset anybody, especially if it's a new client, new relationship. Yeah. As you get through it and things start to either develop a pattern because you always pay late, it might be seven days, might be 14 days, but the contractor has got all the risk of his suppliers saying, well, I don't care if you've been paid late yourself, if you don't pay me, I'm not going to provide the goods or the men won't be there on Monday So they're meeting the sandwich effectively. Mm. And what, what they ought to be doing right from the start is making sure that they're on top of when they should be paid, when they should be making applications, and when they need to give notices. And one of the things I find surprising, quite often as an adjudicator, I have to tell the parties what their payment regime was you know, from the start on site, when the first application should have been made, when the first payment notice was due. People are not on top of that sort of thing. And they should be. I mean, that, that's what you're there for. You don't, you're not in business to build houses or build offices. You're in business to make money. Yeah.
2: And to uh, cash flow a business, cash flow a project, et cetera. It, it, that, that is the, that's the challenge, right, for uh, principal contractors, or in this case, a fit-out contractor, is... Um, Managing that relationship between not wanting to um, really damage the relationship, but also, by the same token, managing down the line and managing suppliers and and subcontractors. Is is, is there if if there's nothing that can necessarily be done other than making those n- notices that you're saying? Um, how 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 can you manage it um, so that you're not because because you you know what it's like when you're actually managing. Uh, building sites. If 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 you're um, paying your subcontractors every 14 days and only getting paid every 30 days, and that 30 days is becoming 45 days, how how can how can you then? Because you're going to have to manage your subcontractors, and you're maybe not going to have the cash flow. What what can you do?
1: Um, well, there are very few contractors who are cash rich, and most of them are running on overdraft and running on. Um, positive cash flow generated from getting money in quicker than they spend it out. Mm. So if if you get to the point where you're not, unless you do these the things that the contract authorises, you're going to get yourself into a bigger problem. Mm. Um, so I, I, I don't see you've got any alternative, Paul. You, one thing, I mean, you quite often see interest rates in contracts amended to something like 2% or something silly, it's not a substantial remedy, but once you've signed up to it, you're stuck with it. Yeah. Whereas statutory interest is 8% above base rate. And, and if you were generating notices to the client saying, well, you've paid me late, here's my interest calculator for this month. Um, a, you'd need to know when the payment was due, you'd need to have put all your applications mm. on time. But you'd have a very strong case to recover a proper rate of interest,
2: but I mean that I'm,
1: is what the contract drafters think. Is it a, does, it, it, Yeah, remedied.
2: I guess the contract does say that. I mean, I'm only seven days late. We're building a uh, ten million pounds uh, development here. What are you really going to put in five hundred quid for interest? Come on.
1: Well, it's exactly that, Paul. But it, it's it's where you start to put the wedge in though, isn't it? You know, it might be 500 quid. By the time you're, um, into the, the major applications, when you put in, plant in, and, and big pieces of kit, expensive finishings, and you say got, you know, 300,000 pounds, that you wanted to be paid, and it's not paid for, a month after it was due, that starts to hurt. And if any people yeah. have, Seduced you into thinking that it's all right to pay me late then you know you'd have a bit of a shock if I put that um that absolutely
2: it's uh it's one of those things I guess that you talk about in in this perfect world right business and construction in particular is is imperfect right you don't think from minute one of because in the perfect world I guess as that contractor you would say to your client look we run a tight cash flow and uh The interest rate is 8%. I'm going to charge you every single day that you're late because I can't run my business otherwise. Um, So you're going to have to deal with that or just pay me on time and and there won't be any issue, right?
1: And it doesn't arise. It doesn't arise. I I dealt with an adjudication um, beginning of last year, which was a small developer, husband and wife, who were developing, I think they were building 15 houses in Birmingham. They couldn't Beautiful. pay... Pardon?
2: Beautiful. <laughs>
1: My hometown, come on. They couldn't pay the contractor's last application for payment until they got sales secured on one of the houses. Yeah. So they had all sorts of arguments about the houses not being practically complete, not fit for occupation. But the, the, the big issue was they couldn't afford to pay without a sale.
2: To release all the funding, right? Yeah. And that, that, that's quite typical, isn't it? Because...
1: It is, but you could have anticipated that right from the beginning because it was always the case that they had a shortfall in funding until they started to get sales. But if that had been written in and so the contractor could say, right, fine, I need to have a bank facility so I can manage my job properly and manage my cash flow, rather than getting to the end and he's saying things like, well, why don't you give me one of the houses and I'll take that as my last entry of application. Really?
2: No, I, I, I guess it, it, um, the th- the thing is, though, uh, and having done contracting myself and knowing what it's like trying to manage those relationships in the early stage, the ideal is that you you really do set that boundary, right? And you say, the, these are the terms of the contract. I'm going to live and I'm going to die by them. And I expect you to do the same.
1: It needn't be aggressive if you just say, look, you know, the the contract is effectively an expectations exchange this is what you want from me. This is what I expect from you. And if we both do what we're ex- is expected of us, very few people would say, "Well, I don't like that." They?
2: Well, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Because if you say, "Look, your expectation is you want me to deliver this highly challenging twelve-month program. You want me to deliver it on budget without any variations or or whatever, right? Um, no extensions of time. You've got these LADs." Um, my expectation, by exactly the same token, is that every time I apply. And every time it's a payment date, I'm going to be paid. So your your, your advice then, and having sat on lots of adjudications, I guess, and advised and and, um, actually being the adjudicator on decisions as well, would always be have that tough conversation immediately at the outset.
1: Well, a few years ago, um, project charters with all all the rage, everybody entered into a project charter, which was a non-contractual document that really talked about behaviour hmm. and, and it was exactly to have those sorts of conversations and say look we're not going to hurt each other are we we're going to operate the contracts fairly and, and in accordance with what we signed up to I'll do what I'm expected to do you do what you're expected to do everybody's happy yeah but of course I, I think project charters I, I can't remember the last time I heard about somebody entering into one but yeah. I, I mean that's just about behaviour It's like, I mean, adjudication. The the mischief that adjudication was introduced to address was late payment. Cash flow, the lifeblood of the industry. Adjudication has developed into um, a dispute resolution for all matters connected with uh, contracts. But originally, it was all about freeing up cash from where it was to where it should be. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, you say, well, it it might take um, 35 days from applying for an appointment of an adjudicator to get a decision. But quite often, if you said, right, fine, I'm on top of my applications, you haven't issued a payment notice, um, you haven't paid me by the final date, I'm going to issue an adjudication notice quite often that's all the pressure you'll need for the other side to say, well, let's not be silly, cranky, you know, here's a cheque, or um, payments yeah. in your bank today. I, I see that all the time. I have three adjudications. Really? Start. Yeah, I have three adjudications start beginning of December thinking, well, that's my Christmas holiday blown. And I think all of them settled within a week um, because they, they were just um, – contractors ramping up the pressure to say, look, you know, I am serious about the fact that I want to be paid.
0: I wanted to take a quick break from the show to share a message from our sponsor, C-Link. C-Link is software designed to streamline the process of subcontract procurement. It's a platform that helps SME developers and main contractors Stay agile whilst replicating the commercial scale and savvy of large contractors. If you want to save a guaranteed minimum 5% against budget construction costs on your next project, head to www.get.c-link.com/podcast to find out more. If you're driving or working out right now and didn't catch that URL, don't sweat it. We've included the link in the description box for this episode. Now let's get back to the show.
2: So, so just going going back there because um, you, you you touched on a point, Jason, which actually really resonated with me. Having been a contractor myself um, and struggling to get paid, etc., etc the way I always viewed adjudication and I never actually went through an adjudication myself. Um, so it, it, it seemed a bit like this big grizzly bear that I didn't ever kind of know how it was going to play out. And I just thought, how does it work? And it's 28 days by the time I've gone through it, I'm on the next application. It will never work. Um, but what you're actually saying is from the, from the outset of a job, just lay down your ground rules. Um, if those ground rules get tinkered with or not or not ad- adhered to, basically, then adjudication actually is a really good way of uh, managing that. Just in terms of threatening it, as opposed to actually doing it.
1: Yeah, quite. Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, you've got to be ready for it. I mean, that's that's the thing. You've got to. I wouldn't advise anybody to issue a notice without having already prepared prepared the referral, so that if you have to go through and issue the referral. It's all ready, so you'll have to do the work. But if it is just about payment and you say, well, you know, you're on top of when your application should go in, mm-hmm. when the payment notice should be issued, when the final date for payment is, it's a relatively straightforward technical adjudication. You don't, you wouldn't need a solicitor. You could do it in house as a contractor, providing a commercial director or somebody with a bit of um, common sense and house, mm-hmm. or get somebody, you know, some. Friendly consultant who knows his way around contracts and payments and, yeah. and make sure you, you just do the notice properly
2: how friend how friendly is this consultant
1: it can be very friendly
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like that is actually and if you actually uh contextualize these things because we're at th- th- this uh, scenario is you're actually having a dispute at the end of the job but you haven't got the money in your bank and you've actually been six weeks late whereas what you're uh, suggesting is at the very outset just be really uh, anal about these These are what we've agreed to that's what I'm going to do and then if if push comes to shove be not aggressive but just say I told you I was going to do this I'm doing it and it's better to have that conversation and then they say okay here's your payment Let's, we'll be more
1: uh, absolutely." On time but uh, one thing I mean and perhaps I'm a little bit cynical but going back to my husband and wife developer who hasn't got money? They might have an asset. By the time you've given them what they want, and you haven't got what you want, their interest in satisfying your need has disappeared.
2: Okay. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a very valid point, isn't
1: it? And, and you see that time and again in in construction with, you know, particularly development clients. Um, mm. it, it is, you know, something that you've got to be very wary of as a contractor. Yeah, you see, you see,
2: you see, Liam. This is—I uh, don't think you were quite ready for this, mate. You put two QSs in a uh, in a room and give, give given us jurisdiction to talk about payment and disputes, and, and you can't get a word in edgeways, can you, mate?
0: I can't. I mean I should have this 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 scenario there's a I I I shouldn't have laid this scenario out. And uh I've not really got any questions to ask here because uh it's been a whirlwind. I don't know what it said. No, it's all been great. Um Jason, I I don't think we covered this, but so, so basically, um we were looking at how should the contractor manage this type of situation and why where I think we where you're at with that is that they should you should uh firstly it was a really great point you made about the interest rates and, and, get, and getting that right, getting that to a level that at least has some value, and actually um applying to the, the, the way that you're contractor you're commercially managing the project as a contractor, if there are if there are rules if there, are, if, there are, if there are items in place in the contract, apply them um, rather than waiting to the end of the contract, uh, right to the end of the job and
1: falling out, essentially. One of the things I see, Liam, quite, quite a lot as well is people don't know the payment regime in their contract and they then try once things have gone wrong, and they're out of pocket, and they're trying to recoup money that they should have collected through the currency of the job. They try and backsolve the facts to suit the contract. Yeah. Whereas if if you've done what you should have done and put, an, if it says you've got to apply, uh, say not more, not less than or not more than four days before the end of the month, and then the payment notice is five days after the end of the month. You should write a schedule out right at the beginning of the job, saying to your commercial people, this is when we apply for it. This is when we should have the payment notice. And therefore, that's when the final date for payment is. You shouldn't be waiting till the end and saying, oh, hang on a minute, that email I issued there, you could actually construe that as a default payment notice. Because all <laughs> the courts, all the case law is saying, no, if, if you're going to be faced with, the draconian effects of not paying something or not reacting to a notice you should at least be aware that you've been put on notice
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and, and that you know but that's just do dressed up any other way that's saying manage your job properly
2: yeah know what you know it know what you've signed up to <laughs> get that understanding clear in your business from day one then transfer what your intentions are to your client. I, my intentions are clause, blah, 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 says I'm going to charge 8%. I am going to do that. I don't want to. So can I just get payment on time? As that then evolves, it's a case of saying, um, I'm sorry, I'm actually going to have to adjudicate on this because it matters so much to whether or not I can deliver your contract or not. I'm sorry to have to do it, but I did warn you, um, I'm going to do it.
0: So Jason touched this kind of, touches on that then so if the developer attempts to enforce delayed damages due to the contractor being late uh, six weeks late can the contractor counter claim it, sorry can the yeah can the contractor counter any claim by notifying of the delayed payments after the
1: event not not if he's not done what he's supposed to do in the contract like say mm. issue um, a notice of threat and suspension if, if you just say, right, fine, I'll slow down, you, you're actually um, putting yourself in a position of delaying the job without any reasonable excuse. Because your, your primary obligation as a contractor is to build whatever is in the contract documents within the time set out in the contract for a price. Mm. That, that's your primary obligation. And... All the um, extension of time clauses do is excuse you for reasons um, that might be outside your control for doing it late. But if you haven't got a valid reason under the contract, then that will be your culpability. Mm. If you haven't been paid by the developer and you've not said to him, right, fine, final date for payment's um, passed, you haven't paid me, so, you owe me this amount of interest, and by the way, I'm giving you seven days' notice i'm going to suspend all the activities on site on this date unless you do pay me you, you've got nowhere to go on the front
2: you are clear crack but but what if you uh, let's, let let's like if you if you take like a i don't know a month in the job and you say that you paid me fourteen days late and at that moment in time you say. Because you paid me late versus the contract, um, I couldn't pay my subcontractors because I didn't have the cash flow. And then you were, which caused me to miss, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday on site. They came back on Wednesday when I did have the payment. Um, Therefore, I lost two days. I think that's your fault, Mr. or Mrs. Developer. Um, Where would I stand by, could that be an event? Could I construe that as an event as a contractor?
1: Not in the contracts I've read, Paul.
2: Yeah. Okay. No, I know it might, it might sound like a stupid
1: question. I I see that all the time, but in terms of the, the main contractors um, subcontracts with, with his um, subcontractors, no concern of the developer, what he's going to pay them, how he's going to pay them or what have you. It's his obligation to do whatever's required. Mm. Um, But even though normal lump sum type contract arrangement with a, you know, a main contractor and subcontractors rather than a, a fee arrangement under construction management. So, no, I'm afraid that you've yeah. got no, other than sympathy, that there's nothing contractual that you could hang your hat on and say, well, I've got an entitlement.
0: I think the critical skill for a contractor, especially dealing with, if they're working with a small developer, Mr. and Mrs., is delivering those documents, those notices, on time, but delivering them in a manner that is not aggressive, and being great with your communication to make it, to, to do what you need to do, but do in a way where they don't feel you're being aggressive. It, this is just, this is how, you know, this is a contractual, commercial process. It's not a, it's not an act of aggression to say, seven days notice of suspension.
1: Well, there, there is a, <clears throat> under the act, uh, the right to suspend is some or all of your works. So for the sake of argument, if you had to bring in some Italian marble, which is an expensive finish... For your houses in Birmingham. This is
2: starting to sound fantastic.
1: (laughs) And you haven't been paid, you might say, look, I'm not going to place the order for that marble because... I haven't got the the funds to do it. So I'm suspending that part of my obligation, which will hurt because you can't finish the job without it. Mm-hmm. That that will be a legitimate commercial tactic.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. That makes sense. And, but, but, but still going back to it, I'm sit, sitting here as the developer. Um, you, as the contractor, are doing all of the right things, right? You're, you're, you've, you've at the very outset of the job, you've, you've outlined, look, these are the terms, I'm going to abide by them, 8%, I'm going to issue a notice, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm going to continue. It's, it still feels to me like I have like control of the situation because um, I can still, not that I would do it uh, on purpose, but I can still pay you seven or 14 days late throughout and it's unlikely that you're ever going to do anything because commercially it's not necessarily that important to you. But I know from being a contractor, that that is actually impacting you because it does impact your day-to-day, losing seven days here when you're expecting it on time. So is it fair to say that even with all of those tactics, that the developer still has holds the reins and has control of the situation?
1: Yeah, you're right. It still has the whip hand pull. Um, that, unfortunately, is the contracting risk. That That, but, that yeah. is the market that contractors find themselves in. If... if you would like to think that people don't pursue one-off opportunities all the time. Yeah. If you have the chance to do this job over there with somebody who's going to pay you consistently 14 days late on a, on a job over here with somebody, perhaps even a compromised um, or lesser margins, but you know you're going to be paid, then you might say, well, I'd rather go over there than, than risk what I'm going to do over there.
2: Yeah. So... That's actually a really important point, perhaps, right, is that if you are a contractor, the nature of your business is that you are entering contracts where uh, the payment mechanism is not favoured in your, favored to you, it's favoured to your client. So there's, there's, that is uh, contracting, and you have to accept that you're going to be taking on that contracting risk. And therefore, rather than being the contractor that doesn't know what the payment terms are, doesn't set the ground rules themselves at the very outset... Um, and then has the challenge at the end, you need to be the, the very best contracting business you can be. And those contracting businesses are focused on cash flow and set the boundaries early and manage those risks instantly uh, as they come up.
1: Yes. I mean, we, we, we're talking pretty well about um, uh, payments on valuation for, for works done. But y- you do have the opportunity to do stage payments, so, mm-hmm. which, which might you know, give you the opportunity to build in positive cash flow. Yeah. Um, so th- th- there are things that you can do in terms of setting the job up, but that's got to be right at the beginning. But if you've got, say, three contractors prepared to do interim valuations and one who one stage payments, then it might be that the, um, the employer is going to say, well, I'll-, I'll go with one of those rather than you over here. Yeah,
2: I mean, you almost definitely would, because as you said at the start, I'm an SME developer, I'm probably not going to get release of entire funds on the project for myself until I've sold all of the different units. So I would almost definitely choose the the uh, monthly valuation. So
1: yeah. we're probably going off off topic, but I mean you, you're in then to um, security packages. How do you make sure that you're going to be paid? You know, do you ask for escrow and things? Mm-hmm. So th- there are mechanisms, but those are things that you've got to think about at the start. Yeah. Rather than trying to do it once you've got a problem in the middle of a job where you've not not given those proper considerations to um, securing your payment lines at the beginning.
0: Something for uh, the next podcast, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think that was comprehensive coverage, Jason. And um, as as always is with the content that you uh, you provide. Uh, the, the expertise is outstanding and much appreciated. So we're hoping you'll come back to the to the podcast again. Um Definitely. I have
2: to say, can I just say that um as sad as it might sound, I thoroughly enjoyed that
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> well, we've assumed you're sad for a long while, Paul, haven't we?
0: <laughs> fair point, fair point. Yeah. Okay then, gentlemen. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thank you. We'll speak to you soon. Paul, good to see you.
2: Nice one. See you you soon, Jeds. Cheers.
0: Bye.